of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Our prayers are with the friend family as they are celebrating the home going of Pastor Al Friend out of this church. And I was able to be there uh, for their viewing and a wonderful man of God who came to the Lord from Brother Kurtz's teaching on the tabernacle in the wilderness. Amen. And, and ended up uh, producing that uh, same teaching and, and a, just a, been a wonderful minister of the gospel for many years. So our prayers are with Brother Clark and Sister Bonnie Baker and all of the friend family tonight. And uh, we, we thank the Lord for the lives that are lived to the glory of God. Amen. May, we, may it be said of all of us in the end that we lived our lives to the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, we're going to look into the word of the Lord this evening to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 4 and beginning with verse 1. Thank you so much, Sister Ashton and worship team and musicians. And thank the Lord. How many are just glad to be able to worship God? Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. From Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh them up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth them all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Hallelujah. By the help of God, I would like to preach for a few moments this evening on the subject, the three temptations of all mankind. The three temptations of all mankind. Could we go to the Lord together in prayer tonight for his word that it may be effectual in our lives lord we thank you for your word we thank you for your promises we pray in the name of jesus that you would move upon us as we hear your word let it come forth with clarity with accuracy with boldness lord i pray to come forth with love hallelujah soundness of doctrine in the name of jesus i pray oh god that as we hear it that it would find good soil in our soul and that it would plant itself and become a mighty tree full of good fruit we pray in the name of Jesus that your word will not return void, but accomplish that whereto it is sent in Jesus' precious name. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. 
I just want to jump right into this tonight and point out that the very first temptation that the devil offered to Jesus was one that would have Jesus turning, miraculously turning stones into bread. And, and this was his desire that Jesus would, would hear this temptation and that the hunger, the hunger that he had in his uh, flesh would so distract him from his purpose that he would just give in and turn those stones into bread. Now, it's very important that you read leading up to this temptation. See, the Bible says that Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And the Scripture teaches us before that that Jesus was in the Jordan River being baptized by John the Baptist. In the Jordan River. Everybody say the Jordan River. In the Jordan River, Jesus is being baptized by John the Baptist. And when he came down into that Jordan River, John the Baptist uh, said to him, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. In other words, he was saying, you are more spiritual than I. You have a superior anointing. You are the Messiah. I'm merely the forerunner. And Jesus said, no, you must baptize me so that all righteousness can be fulfilled. See, he was teaching us how to be a son of God. And being baptized is part of being a son of God. And so, so Jesus was baptized and God thundered from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Ghost descended like as a dove and remained on him. This was not... This was not evidence of three different persons, but this was, uh, this was three manifestations of God. God operates as Father, He operates as Son, He operates as Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in creation, Son in redemption, Holy Ghost in regeneration. And we give Him praise for that. Jesus was baptized into the Jordan River. Now you have to go back into the Old Testament to recognize the significance of the Jordan River. And, and if you'll remember, John the Baptist in his preaching to the Pharisees, because he took on those Pharisees. I mean, he preached Pharisees, Pharisees under conviction and let them know that the time had come that the axe was being laid to the root of the tree. He preached repentance to anybody who would hear. And he stood inside that Jordan River. But you go back into the Old Testament to when that Jordan River first parted and the children of Israel walked through on dry ground uh, to come up into the land of promise. And the Bible says that the Lord spoke unto Moses, Joshua and said, Joshua, command that the priests step their feet into the waters of the Jordan River. And they did. And the priests were standing in the Jordan River waiting for God to do something. And when they did, the waters parted hither and thither, and now there's dry ground. And he told each tribe to send a representative into the Jordan River and to take a, a stone from the feet of the priests and carry it beyond the Jordan River. So there were stones that were taken out of the Jordan River 
from having been at the feet of the priests. And they did that, and they ended up taking them out into the wilderness, into Gilgal. He then commanded them to go gather stones in the Jordan River. Twelve were to be taken out, and twelve were to be taken in and placed at the feet of the, of the uh, priests of Israel. And so they were. The twelve stones were placed at the feet of the priests, and twelve stones were taken from the feet of the priests. Twelve and twelve in the scriptures generally refers to twelve tribes and twelve apostles. It generally refers to twelve foundations and twelve gates. It generally refers to the, the foundation of the church. And you're really seeing there in that in that instance you're really seeing a, a beautiful example of of what the Lord was doing for Israel and what he was going to be doing for the whole world by by creating this memorial of stones at the feet of the priests and carrying 12 stones outside of the Jordan River and so when John the Baptist is standing in the Jordan River years later preaching and declaring the word of the Lord and he makes the statement he says that if you will not serve him, God is able to raise up unto Abraham children from these stones. It's where we get our adage, if you don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. John the Baptist is the one who said, these very rocks will cry out. And, and it was, he wasn't necessarily just referring to the rocks themselves, but what the rocks represent. Because when those 12 rocks were were mounted into a memorial at the feet of the priests. They represented what God was getting ready to do. And when those 12 stones were taken out of the Jordan River and were taken out into the wilderness in Gilgal, it represented what God was going to do for the nation of Israel and for the people that he came to seek and to save. And so, so we see this amazing, this amazing collection of stones both in the Jordan and outside of the Jordan and, and it was really a remarkable, remarkable thing to hear John say, these stones God is able to raise up as children unto Abraham. Jesus was baptized into that Jordan River where those very stones were laid up as a memorial unto the Lord. Then he walked out of the Jordan River straightway. And the Bible says immediately that the Spirit of the Lord led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he's led into the wilderness and tempted of the devil, what does the devil first tempt him with? Turn these stones. What stones? The same stones that were gathered from the feet of the priest and carried out into the wilderness in Gilgal. So John was referring to these stones when he said, God is able to raise up of these stones, children unto Abraham, if you will not be what God has called you to be. In other words, God is able to raise up of Gentile nations. Hallelujah. And so when Jesus is standing at this temptation spot where the devil is saying, turn these stones into bread, that's what Jesus came to do. He came to take our stony heart and give us a heart of flesh. He came to take our, our hardened heart, our hardened spirit, our calloused over soul and make us into something beautiful and make us into something wonderful. In fact, he was going to make us like him. And we know who he was. He was the bread of life. So when he said that he was the bread of life, he was letting us know that he was that not just any bread, not wonder bread. He was the unleavened bread. 
He was pure of any taint. He was pure of any jadedness. He was pure of any uncleanness. He was the unleavened bread. And he came to make us like him. Unleavened, pure, holy, blameless, innocent. Hallelujah in the sight of God. Now you may hear me say all those things and say, Preacher, you came along a little too late. To tell me that I could be blameless. I've got, there's a lot of blame to pass around in my life. Well, let me introduce you to the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me introduce you to the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. Let me introduce to you the Word of the Lord, the Word of life. Thank God Almighty. Let me introduce you to the cross of Christ. To a hill of sorrow called Calvary. Where he did in fact... Pay the penalty for our sin. Where he did in fact take the punishment for what we had done wrong. And he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. Oh, it's a wonderful message. Yes, it's an amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Hallelujah. I was blind, but now I see. It is a glorious gospel, and it's something that you and I can lay our hope to and understand that God did and does, in fact, save sinners of whom we are chief. So you, you, you understand God came to make you blameless like him. And that's what he did with these. With, when, when, when he looked at the children of Israel, he saw them as stones that he was going to turn into bread. When he looks at our life, he sees us as stones that he's going to turn into bread. Stone is unedible. Stone is just, is, is just, a, it's just a dead thing. But, but when you're talking about bread, bread can feed the, the multitudes and the masses. And, and so this is what Jesus came to do. He came to turn us from stone into bread. He came to take us from our deadened condition and make us pure like him so when this temptation came to him from the enemy there's a deep spiritual undertone when the temptation came turn these stones into bread what the enemy was tempting him to do was to to to, to satisfy your immediate hunger and 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 just make these stones into bread snap your fingers or something or Part these waters. Do some magic trick. Do, do some kind of a miracle and just turn these stones into bread. And Jesus looked at that ignorant devil and let him know, you don't even know what you're speaking about. Let me tell you what the scripture says. The scripture says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So, so he was letting him know, look, look, you're, you're telling me just to snap my fingers and take stone and turn it into bread. And I'm hungry enough that I'd like to do that. But, but what you don't understand, the deep spiritual connotation of this temptation was that, that why don't you forego the, all of the details of how you're going to redeem mankind? Why don't you forego all of, the, all of the sacrifice and agony that is involved with redeeming mankind? Why don't you just circumvent all of the pain and the anguish and the suffering? In other words, why don't you skip the cross and just turn these stones into bread? And that's what Jesus meant when he said, man cannot live by bread alone. 
That this isn't how it works. You, can't, you don't just snap your fingers and the soul of man change. Man is a living soul. He has a freedom of will. He has a, he has a sin penalty hanging over his head. And, and so it's not a matter of just turning these stones into bread. That's not how man becomes alive. Man lives by every single word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Words like judgment, yes, judgment is involved with making man alive. Words like mercy, words like redemption, words like sacrifice, words like crucify, words like blood, words like grace. These words are words that proceed out of the mouth of God. I can't just look at these stones and say, all right, be like me, and them all try in vain to, to be like me. It's in fact, ladies and gentlemen it's in vain for people to try to be like Jesus without every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God hallelujah you can try all you want you can put on sandals and wear a big long white robe and you can go and, and try to pray with people and, and feed people and do all you want but without the atoning blood of Jesus it's of no effect. Without the sacrifice of Calvary, it's of no effect. Without the grace of God, it's of no effect. Without the blood that was shed for me, it's of no effect. You can't try so hard to be like him that you become like him. You are made like him because he suffered, bled, and died for you. And you have embraced that truth. <laughs> Glory to God. I know that this is the first temptation of all mankind. Take the easy road. Skip the hard stuff. And just, okay, all right, fine. I'm hungry, so I'll skip the suffering. I'll skip the agony. I'll turn these stones into bread. Jesus was saying, no, as hungry as I am, that's not how it works. If you want something to be made alive, you have to hold on to every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Jesus had to pay the penalty for sin. Hallelujah. Jesus had to, had to shed precious blood. Jesus had to go to an old rugged cross and be hanged on a tree so he could be cursed for every man. Jesus had to taste death for all of us. That's the only way these stones can be made into bread. But here's the temptation that comes to all men and all women. This temptation of I'm so hungry for something to change. That I will skip the suffering involved with the real thing. And I'll go directly to satisfying my hunger. This you see many times when a person is tempted. Maybe perhaps their, their marriage is suffering. Maybe their relationship is suffering. Or maybe they're suffering as a single person. Maybe they're suffering in life. And they want to satisfy the hunger for relationship. Satisfy the hunger for companionship. And so they walk away from moral living. And they walk away from living a godly life of righteousness before the Lord. And they end up transgressing the law of God. Because instead of going down the 
more challenging path of being true to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. They take an easy road. Skip the suffering. Skip the agony. Skip the heartache. And just turn these stones into bread. Does that make sense? Is that, is that coming through? It happens all the time. People say, I don't want to take the long road of forgiving. I don't want to take the long road. It happens in relationships. It's easier to burn this bridge than it is to take this long road of loving and forgiving and being hurt again but 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 getting back up and loving and forgiving and 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 being in relationship with with one another and 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 don't fall to that temptation it happens even in finances people who are suffering financially and they're tempted to defraud perhaps the company that they're working for tempted to cheat it's tax time cheat on their taxes tempted to steal tempted to embezzle Instead of going down the long road, the winding and turning road of working hard and saving money and investing wisely, they want to take the easy road and just turn these stones into bread already. Don't do that. Don't fall into that temptation. It's a snare of Satan for your soul. Don't fall into the temptation of saying, I need immediate satisfaction for my emotional appetite. I need immediate satisfaction for what my soul is hungry for, what my soul is craving. And Jesus showed us how to overcome that temptation that tempts you in the areas where you're emotionally starved and you're spiritually hungry And you're tempted to take an easy road and just forget the suffering and the agony of discipleship and walking with God through some lonely roads of long suffering. But instead of doing that, you want to satisfy the temptation. Don't do it. Jesus gave us a way out. As a matter of fact, not only did he give us a way out, but he already overcame this temptation for you. Not only did he give you a good example of how to overcome the temptation, but he overcame it on your behalf. And if you will be in Christ, hallelujah, then this temptation has already been overcome on your behalf. All you have to do is look at the enemy and say like Jesus said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now but I know in the Holy Ghost that there's somebody facing temptations even right now to take an easy road hey friend that's not an easy road the scripture teaches us the way of the transgressor is hard this thing is a deception to you it looks easy now but it spirals into hell and you had better never go down that easy road Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Resist that temptation. You know what I love about this passage? Notice what it said at the very end, verse 11. Then the devil leaveth him. Hallelujah. Then the devil leaveth him. How many like the devil just to leave you alone? I love Matthew 4, verse 11. How many ready for the devil to just leave me alone already, devil? You know what the Bible says? I know we talk a lot about the enemy coming in like a flood and the devil coming and the devil's here. And the devil was talking to me the other day and the devil's been beating me up all week long. And my word, the devil's just everywhere, it seems. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, submit yourselves. 
therefore to God and resist the devil and he, here's the promise, he will flee from you. Hallelujah. Jesus showed us in Matthew 4 that this is what submission to God looks like and resistance to the devil looks like. The devil painted a beautiful picture and said, you've got power. It's within your power to do this. That's what we feel a lot of times when we're tempted to take an easy road. It's within my power to do this. It's within my capability. Sometimes we feel justified because of our adverse circumstances to do a thing. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It's a snare for your soul. I said it's a snare for your soul. Jesus didn't give in to that temptation that the enemy placed before him. Even though he set it all up and said, look what this stone could be. You could turn this whole thing into bread, satisfy your hunger right now. You want to you know something? And I may need to do a little more studying into this, but as I was reading this text, something just kind of jumped out at me. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, it almost sounds like the temptation occurred after the 40 days and 40 nights. When he could eat. He wasn't fasting anymore. And, and while the 40 days, and when the 40 days and 40 nights had completed, here he is. And he's looking at, at this temptation. Even though the 40 days and 40 nights are completed, he's hungry. And the devil says, here, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, no, that's the easy road. That's the easy way. It's easy to never talk to them again. It's easy. That's the easy road. That's what's easy. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take the long road of loving and forgiving hallelujah the easy road is to take this money because it's within my power I can do it and, 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 and so nobody will ever know oh so you think listen I'm going to tell you what my teachers used to tell me be sure your sins will find you out can I preach an old-fashioned message right now? You better be sure of this one thing. Your sins will find you out. Don't you think you got away with anything? You didn't get away with anything. It's still on your trail. Your sins are not to be trusted. They're not your friends. They will find you out. Don't take the easy road, but go down the long, winding road of righteousness. live by every single word that proceeds out of the mouth of God even the words that you don't like words like patience words like forgiveness words like bless them which persecute you words like love them which despitefully use you that's how you live Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and, and he said, it is written. This is why you got to know the word. This is why you have to know the word. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And let me just tell you something. It is important that you win in the small battles of temptation. Seems like an innocent little battle, doesn't it? It's just, it's, it's just stones into bread. And I am Jesus. I can break bread and multiply it and 
I mean, I do have power. This is within my capability. It seems like a small little temptation. Let me, let me tell you, by the time you get to the end of these temptations, you know what the devil is asking him to do? Bow down and worship him. And I'm going to tell you, every little temptation you face, you better know that it is sending you down a path that will always end in you bowing down and worshiping him. Hallelujah. You better know the small temptations matter. They matter. And if you will be faithful in those small areas, he will make you ruler in many large areas. You are to be trusted by God. And what an amazing compliment when God trusts you. When God trusts you. So let me ask you the question, can God trust you? Can God trust you when, when, when you're standing there and the adversary says, turn these stones into bread and nobody is watching? Can God trust you to say, I will not take what appears to be easy to my flesh, but instead I will cling to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of my God. Then the devil, devil taking them up into the holy city. To the pinnacle of the temple. Takes him all the way up to the pinnacle of the temple. And says to him at the pinnacle of the temple. Cast thyself down. And you better be ready because the devil knows scripture too. For the devil said for it is written. That's when you got a nasty devil you're dealing with. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So, so now I want you to understand, when, when he took him to the pinnacle of the temple and said, cast thyself down, you got to know that the, that's a different kind of temptation. And it's a temptation that every man faces, every woman faces. There is the temptation of take the easy road and, and, just, and just do what appeals to the flesh and what immediately satisfies emotional hunger. That's turned stones into bread. The way you overcome that is by saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The next temptation of all mankind is the temptation that occurs when you are taken to the pinnacle of the temple. This is religious temptation. God, God can deliver us from religious pride. But one of these temptations that the enemy brings against us is the temptation that only occurs at the pinnacle of the temple. At the top of the religious ladder. People climbing up a religious ladder where they are growing in esteem by those around them, applauded for how religious they are, applauded for how, I'd say, how holy they are, applauded for how good they are. you got to be careful with that. It's a sneaky temptation. Notice how the devil used Scripture in providing that temptation. See, that temptation comes neatly wrapped with a nice little scriptural bow. And you've got to be careful with it because there are dangerous things that can happen at the pinnacle of the temple. 
when everybody around you is applauding you for how good you are, you better know you're no good for nothing. The only one good is God. Don't ever forget if it had not been for the mercy of my God, if it had not been the mercy of my God, where would I be? If it wasn't for the Lord who was on our side, where would we be? You hear what I'm preaching to you right now. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. It isn't because of how good I am. It is because of the Lord's mercies. I am alive. Every breath you see me take is given to me by the mercy of God. There is no reason that my heart should still be beating. There's no reason why my lungs should still be breathing. There's no reason why my the synapses of my brain should still be firing. Every part of me should be completely broken down because of the sin that I've already committed in my life. But it is of the Lord's mercies that I have not consumed. He could shut this whole thing down right now. It is of his mercy that I am not consumed. And his compassion, it fails not. Oh, glory to his name. Oh, glory to his name. Don't you get to some high and mighty religious position and start thinking that you can tempt the Lord thy God. The devil said, cast yourself down. For it is written that the angels will bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. See, this is what happens with religious temptation. You start thinking that you are so righteous, that you are so holy, that you can cast yourself down and God will pick you up. So it happens. People ascend into high and lofty religious positions. And people all over applauding them for how amazing they are. And they begin, to, they begin to see themselves as some great one. And because they see themselves as some great one, they don't mind casting themselves down into immorality. God will pick me up. They don't mind casting themselves down into some other kind of sin because God will pick me up because they've actually bought the lie that they are holy. They've bought the lie that they are righteous. They've bought the lie that they, God somehow owes them something. God doesn't owe you anything at all ever. My God, have mercy. Don't cast yourself down into some kind of a sinful situation thinking that because of your religious position at the pinnacle of the temple that somehow that qualifies you for extra special privileges with God. It's a lie of the devil. It's a lie of the devil. It's a deception. It's a temptation. It's a temptation for every individual. Sure, in our flesh, we all want to be seen as being good. In our flesh, we all want people to be clapping their hands for us and saying that we are, are so good and that we have done right, that we have walked uprightly. I want you to know, you know, I, I, there, there are times, how many have ever asked the question, why God, uh, you know, why God did you, allow such and such to happen but but I, I I can't I don't feel comfortable asking that question when I realize that the such and such 
I actually deserved it to happen. It's the miracle is that it hasn't happened yet. The miracle is that, that it hasn't happened yet. I can't see myself as something great and, and at the same time believe that God is great. Either he's great or I'm great. And I, we know the answer to that question. I can't, I can't think that God is good and that I'm good at the same time. Only one of us is good, and, and it's God who is good. Hallelujah. If, if, if I'm good, it's because I'm under his control and I'm in alignment with him. If I'm holy, it's because I'm in alignment with his holiness. But don't ever mistake it. He's the one who is holy. Hallelujah. And any holiness that may come from my actions, any holiness that may come from my deeds, any holiness that may come out of my mouth is solely and completely because I'm tied to a holy God. It has nothing to do with me being holy. It has nothing to do with me being good. Oh, make no mistake about it. If we say, oh, he was a great man, what we mean is he was serving a great God and God made him great in his endeavors. If we say he was a good man, she was a good woman, make no mistake about it. We're not saying they're good in and of themselves. We're saying they were baptized by the goodness of a good God. If we say, oh, they were holy... Then they were baptized with holiness of a holy God. You, you, you take yourself out of God and, and you're just as full of sin and death as you always were. But the blood of Jesus, the richness of his mercy. Oh, this is such a sneaky temptation to be carried away to the pinnacle of the temple where all eyes are on you and all eyes and all, all the platitudes that come from man saying that, that you are really something to look up to. And you begin to believe it. And you begin to think that it's true. This is why you've got to be in tune with God's word so that you can hear what is true about you. Flatterers are not telling you the truth. I hate to tell you this. Your mother was a sweet woman, but she kind of fudged on the truth a little bit. Telling you that, that you were, you know, this and that. You know, thank God for that voice in your life. But, 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 you know, sometimes your mother will, will, will be oblivious. Somebody said love is blind. It's not even so much that love is blind, but love chooses to overlook some things. And, 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 and so, so she's telling you that you're great. Listen, you got to get into the word of God and let the word of God tell you who you really are. You've got to let the Word of God tell you when you are a liar. You've got to let the Word of God tell you when you are being dishonest. You've got to let the Word of God tell you when your motives are impure. You've got to let the Word of God tell you when your actions are unclean. You've got to let the Word of God tell you, hallelujah, when you are not respecting your neighbor, respecting your elders, respecting your spouse. You've got to let the Word of God teach you and explain to you who you really are. But the temptation to be carried away to the pinnacle of the temple, that's a very sneaky temptation. Cast yourself down. Resist it. Submit yourself to God, and that devil will flee from you. Then he said to him, the Bible said, take him to an exceeding high mountain. Notice these are both high places. 
These are high places. The pinnacle of the temple and an exceeding high mountain. These are high places. And the devil took Jesus to an exceeding high mountain and said to him, I want to show you the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. And that's when Jesus was like, you have got to be out of your mind. All of the other ones, he was like, it is written, it is written. But on this one, he was like, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Do not be envious of the wicked. Be not thou envious of evil men. When you look at somebody in the world, and, and I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush, but when you look at somebody in the world who is so flush with cash, and you have envy in your heart against them, do not envy that. And I'm going to just say this, most of the time, most of the time, it is because they were taken to an exceeding high mountain. And were shown the kingdoms of the world by a devil from hell. You hear what I'm telling you? And were given the option that if you will fall down and worship me, I will give to you the kingdoms of the world. And they sold their soul to that devil from hell. Oh, God, help us. No, I, listen, I know the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. And we're in the middle of a capital campaign and we're going to see miracles of finance and it's going to be amazing and we're going to have our minds blown by the amazing thing that God is going to do in providing miracles on a financial level. But don't mistake that for the devil trying to tempt you into falling down and worshiping him so that you can have access to the kingdoms of this world. Don't be envious of their Lamborghini. Don't be envious of their $10 million mansion. Don't be envious of their Ferrari. Don't be envious of their entourage. Don't be envious of their fame. It's all a part of the kingdoms of this world. And this world is passing away. Oh my God in heaven, don't be fascinated by them. Don't be entertained by them. Don't be taken in by them. Don't look upon them with envy, wishing you could be like them. It's a slap in the face of your creator who has given you all things. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he has gone to prepare a place for you that where he is, there you may be also. Oh, glory to God. I look at the Apostle Peter when he's walking up to the, uh, to, the, to the gate called Beautiful. They're going to the temple to pray at the hour of prayer. And while he's walking to the temple at the hour of prayer to pray, and they pass the gate called Beautiful, they passed this man who had been lame from his mother's womb. And the man looked upon them expecting to receive something from them. And they're 
eyes were fastened one to another. And this is flies in the face of a modern day prosperity preaching where people are deceived into believing that God for some reason wants to overflow their coffers with, with lavish, lavish, extravagant living. That's not the will of God. That's not the will of God. That's not the Jesus we serve. That is not the Jesus we serve. And when Peter walked by this man who was lame at the gate called Beautiful, the man expected to receive alms from him. And when Peter looked upon him, he said something very important. He said, silver and gold have I none. Now that, folks, we had more money than Peter did. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And I know you want a little more in your bank account, and I know you want a little more in your pocket, and I know you want a little more in your 401k, and God bless you in the name of Jesus. I pray that he will multiply it unto you abundantly. But don't misunderstand when Peter had walked into that situation, had he had silver and gold, that's what he would have given him. And the man would have walked away with a few extra coins, just like he had done for all the years of his life, sitting at the gate called Beautiful. But God withheld the materialistic, and Peter had to depend on the miraculous. God is withholding the materialistic from us sometimes because he wants to give us something oh so much more precious, oh so much more beautiful, oh so much more wonderful. He wants to give us the miraculous. Oh, hallelujah. And by the time Peter got done pulling that man up from his lame condition, the Bible says immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. He began to walk and leap and praise God. He entered into the temple of the Lord with Peter and John, stood with him, held on to them. My Lord, have mercy. I want you to notice he held on to them. Now, can I just go down this road real quick? We're almost done, I promise. I'm about to start jangling my keys, make you believe me. We're almost done. But Peter and John walked into the temple. This man held on to them. They didn't pull him up from his lame condition. And then when they get surprised by him walking and leaping and praising God, and posed for a picture and posted on social media so everybody could see uh, you know, that we healed this man. It was truly not in their spirit to promote themselves. It was not in their spirit. As a matter of fact, when they were questioned, Peter said, why are you questioning me about the good deed done to this impotent man? It's not by my power. It is by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And he went on to say, and while we're talking about that name, there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Don't be envious of this world. Everything you need is in the presence of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Riches untold in the presence of the Lord. I want to tell you something, the true riches of this world you could not buy. The true riches of this world you could never 
purchase. You can't. You cannot purchase them. There is no price tag on them. It's not something you can find in a marketplace. It's not something you can find a merchant providing to you. There is no place in the free market system that has anything that what you and I are looking for. The only thing that makes us rich in life are the things that come from the Lord. Every good and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of heaven. Father of lights cometh down from heaven from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness neither shadow hallelujah neither shadow neither shadow of turning hallelujah hallelujah oh, I know I know it's tempting to just just turn these stones into bread already I'm tired of suffering through this hardship of my life so I'm just going to take this easy road don't do it don't do it it is written if I want to live, I'll live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you want to die, then you listen to that serpent. Go ahead, Eve, listen to him. If you want to die, listen to that serpent. Take his word for it. But if you want to live, you'll only live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you be careful you be careful when you reach the pinnacle of the temple. Oh, it's an honored place. But the devil took him to the pinnacle of the temple. Hey, if God places me at the pinnacle of the temple, I'll gladly go. But if the devil's taking me there, if the devil is moving me up the religious ladder, <laughs> you can have the religious ladder. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Hallelujah. And, and you think, well, but God is merciful so I can live how I want to live. And God is merciful. Did you hear what the Apostle Paul said? He said, listen, where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. And a lot of people take that to, to mean, hey, that I can commit sin and then say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. I'll do it again. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. Do it again. God, forgive me. Paul said, listen, shall we continue in sin that grace Grace may abound. God forbid. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I read in a new translation, in a, in a more modern translation that kind of, you know, makes it a little more, uh, you know, contemporary in the way that it expresses itself. And I read that same scripture and it said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And the newer translation said, by all, by no means, but not by all means, by no means. Some of them might say by all means, but this one said by no means. And I thought, that's different than God forbid. That sounds like somebody just kind of wanted to make it just a little more palatable to this generation. A little more palatable to a worldly mind. But my Bible tells me, God forbid, and we better get back into the business of paying attention to what God forbids. Glory! Glory! 
Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You're living a dangerous life just walking around, doing what you want, trusting in mercy. I can do this. God forgive me. I can do that. God forgive me. I'll do this because God will forgive me. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Don't you go to some pinnacle of a temple and then cast yourself down expecting angels to bear you up. Submit yourself to God and resist the devil. Too many times we have it reversed. People submitting themselves to the devil and resisting God. Oh God. At some point in your life he will show you all the kingdoms of the world. Now he may not give you access to all of them. I heard, I remember hearing some Folks singing that song one time years ago when I was a kid. And, uh, and they were singing, He promised everything that's got a name. All the wealth I'd want, worldly fame. And I thought, I, did, did all of those people get promised all the wealth they'd want and worldly fame? I don't know that they did. But, but you know, you can be enamored by things that you'll never have. And you can envy folks who have things that you, you'll never have. And it'll mess your mind up. And it'll mess your spirit up. And you'll become materialistic. And you'll become, you'll become infatuated with the things of this world. You'll begin to look upon things and think, I should have that. And I, I should look this way. And I should, I should, I, I'm justified in feeling like, like I should be more accepted by the world. And Jesus said, get the hint, Satan. You know, you know, when somebody gets infatuated with God, enamored by the things of God, intoxicated by the presence of God, you don't really have to preach a lot of holiness to them. Because they, they don't want the things of this world. It, it's lost its appeal. It just, it's just lost its appeal. I don't want it. I remember a time in my life where it was a temptation. It's even lost its lure because, because I, I, I want you to know that I, try, I believe the word, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and Him only. Hallelujah. Jesus. Him only. We need a Him only revival. We need a baptize, baptism of him only. We got too much of dabbling this, a little bit of this, and a little bit of that. We need to get back into the prayer room where it's Jesus only. Him only shall I serve. Him only shall I serve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what temptation you're up against right now. Whether you're being tempted of the enemy to just take a shortcut to pleasure, take a shortcut to satisfying hunger, or if you're tempted by this pinnacle of religion that you're experiencing where you think you're holier than everybody around you, or whether you're tempted by the enemy to look upon the world with envy and wish that you could be like them. All of it is total deception from your adversary. Come on, lift your hands right now and say, God, deliver me. From whatever temptation's facing you right now, God, deliver me. 
in the name of the Lord God Almighty. God, deliver me. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, deliver us from evil, oh God. Deliver us from temptation, oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, I feel the presence of God in this place. I'm opening these altars right now for somebody to come down here and say, God, I need you to deliver me. Listen, it doesn't matter how long you've had the Holy Ghost. This is Jesus we're talking about. Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by these things. Don't give me any of this stuff about, well, I've lived for God for so long that that stuff doesn't really bother me anymore. Then you're under deception already. You're under deception already. You better take it seriously, your walk with God. This is Jesus. Who in here is holier than Jesus? Who in here is more righteous than Jesus? Who in here is more pure than Jesus? And he was tempted in the wilderness. I'm opening these altars for somebody to come down to the front and say, Oh God, deliver me. Deliver me from the pinnacle of the temple temptations. And God, deliver me from the shortcuts to emotional hunger, satisfaction temptations. And deliver me, God, from envying the world. Deliver me, God, from envying the world that is passing away. Don't envy their parties. Don't envy their, their lifestyle. I know the devil tries to make it look like something spectacular, but the end is full of death. The end is full of degradation. Don't envy it. Don't envy it. In the name of Jesus, submit to God and resist your adversary. Oh, bless his holy name. Bless the holy name of Jesus. Bless the holy name of Jesus. Bless the holy name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory, 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 glory. Come on, that's it. Praise him right now. In the name of Jesus, God, deliver me in the name of the Lord. Wash me clean. Protect me from the temptations of my enemy. Don't let me fall into the deception of my adversary. Oh, the, let me tell you something. The devil would love to have you. The devil would love to destroy your family. The devil would love to destroy your mind. He'd love to destroy your marriage. He would love to destroy your credibility. Oh, he would love it. Don't give him that satisfaction. You need to throw yourself into the mercy of God. You need to throw yourself into the grace and the love of God. Lord, I depend on you. Lord, I depend on you. Lord, I depend on you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, that's it. Go ahead and pray. Pray it all out right now. Pray it all out right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. My soul says yes. My heart says yes. Lord, I say yes to your will. I say yes to your way. Oh, mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hikurama, Shandorama, Sandorama, Yalaramo, Shata. 
Come on, that's it. Go ahead and pray through it right now. Pray through it right now. Pray through it. Pray through it. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Strengthen it right now, Lord, in your word, in your spirit, in your name, Lord, in Jesus. 